Welcome to a brand new episode of Trending Topics with BB. Uh, thank you for listening and watching this whenever you do on the replay or when you uh, check out the audio that will go live this coming Monday, which is the 22nd of March, I believe. Uh, one second. So my guess, as you see, uh, is known as nature hacker, but also somebody close to me that I live with, uh, as you can tell, so we're safe for those that are going to watch this. Um, but we wanted to uh, talk about some interesting topics that are, have made headlines recently, specifically due to financial reasons. Uh, so uh, one second, as soon as my guest returns, we will get into it. Oh, I, I want to make some announcements, actually. So next Thursday, uh, right here on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube, which is where we're currently live right now, I will have another returning guest to the podcast, Nick Gunn, or Nicholas Gunn, who is going to talk about his new album, Sound Condition, and also uh, offer some wisdom and knowledge on the state of the music industry and how to make money in the music industry. Uh, so tune in live at this time, 7 p.m. Pacific Domestic Time uh, on this channel. Uh, we will be on that. And then the week after that, which is April Fool's, ironically, um, retur another returning guest, uh, Ross, is coming back. He's going to talk about his latest music releases as well as some DJ schools he's been running and uh, DJs Against Hunger, which is a nonprofit he works with. So check in in two weeks for that episode. So without further ado, I want to introduce Nature Hacker. He's going to uh, kind of give some knowledge for those that really don't understand cryptocurrency, what NFTs are, and also what Dogecoin is and why it's popular at the moment. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. <clears throat> Good to be here. Great. So for those that uh, are confused, um, Obviously, people have heard of Bitcoin. They've heard of maybe Ethereum and some other names in cryptocurrency that have been in the news due to the spikes in value over the last, well, the recent year. Um, but kind of explain to those that are still a little fuzzy on why people are going all in on cryptocurrency and kind of getting out of the stock market. All right. Um, well, I think a lot of the people who are getting into cryptocurrency actually were never in the stock market. So I think, you know, and that and plus, I think, you know, people are seeing bigger possible gains in cryptocurrency. So even if they are in the stock market, they've dabbled, let's say, you know, they're, you know, towards retirement age, they've been in the stock market a lot. They're seeing gains in cryptocurrency that would take decades, basically, in the stock market. And they're seeing it in, you know, months weeks, years in cryptocurrency. So they're getting in that as well. Um, so, so what was, I guess my question is for those that are unsure why, how it works, obviously you've ever heard of the term blockchain and understand that it is part of technology and computers, but maybe for the layman person that kind of is still a little apprehensive into starting to invest in cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. Try to explain to those that are listening to this or watching this later, why you believe that cryptocurrency is kind of the future. Well, um, 
the way it began was kind of, uh, um, you know, kind of like a, an alternative, kind of like a punk mentality of, you know, we can be our own bank. We don't need banks, etc. So that's kind of what it began on and kind of like the notion that you can be your own bank, like you can, you know, create your own transactions. You don't need, you know, PayPal or Chase or Bank of America or anything to manage your money for you. You can create it on your own. So that's the whole thing is like, how can we make a money that normal people can create out of thin air? And, you know, if you just create money out of thin air, it won't have any value. So how do we make it difficult to make, but everybody can still make it. So that's how Bitcoin was invented is like, we can just use our computers to do a process, like some mathematical process and everybody can do it on their own computer. And then you can make a little bit, tiny bit of a Bitcoin from doing that. Okay. So I kind of alluded to it in kind of the intro, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll take a step back. So in 2017, I personally, as a joke, bought Dogecoin because for those that are aware or not aware, there was a meme that started in like the beginning of memes of like a Dodge or a dog. Um, it's a, what, what is the breed? Uh, Shibu Inu. Yeah. Shibu Inu. Anyway, so years ago when it spiked in like 2017, I, like Bitcoin and everything, um, I've never really been a huge proponent of cryptocurrency. So I thought it was hilarious that there's a meme coin called Dogecoin. And so I bought 200 worth, 200, 200 Dogecoin, not $200 worth. So at that so point it was, it was worth, dollars. it was like a couple dollars worth, mm -hmm. which was because it was like not even a cent worth, not even a cent in 2017. And I've held it this entire time <laughs> mm -hmm. just because I thought it was hilarious that a, it's a meme and B, it really wasn't worth anything. So it was kind of a, a joke within a joke within a joke. Oh. Fast forward to 2020, the pandemic hits, and all of a sudden, mm -hmm. Dogecoin is like one of the top coins. Mm -hmm. And you got celebrities and the number one, the most rich person in the world, Elon right. Musk, is pumping money into Dogecoin to make it worth something, make it worth an investment. Mm -hmm. Then he got other people like Snoop Dogg and Gene Simmons and right. who knows whoever in the celebrity investment world. Mm -hmm. And now it's worth more. And I've since invested more money yeah. in mm -hmm. Dogecoin right. because there's a possibility within another year, it's going to be worth a coin is going to be worth a dollar, which means that however many that I've already invested in, which is quite a lot, if that happens, Mm -hmm. I can pay off some debt with yeah, that. Right. To talk about why the growth of that specific coin, why this has become such yeah, a viable. Elon Musk. It was his choice. And, you know, he's an engineer. I'm an engineer. I always like Dogecoin uh, because I, I like the fundamentals. Everybody's like, oh, Dogecoin doesn't have any fundamentals. Well, it actually does because it's an inflationary supply. And it's not tech it's hard to say when you're talking about coin supply it's hard to just classify it as inflationary or deflationary because both bitcoin and dodge have aspects of inflationary aspects of deflationary so they're not exactly one or the other but dodge is more inflationary than any other coin 
you know, let's leave out Ethereum. Ethereum's kind of inflationary, but then they're going to make it deflationary. The Ethereum is, is just a total mess. But um, when it comes to normal cryptocurrencies, Dogecoin is really the only one besides Monero that is inflationary supply. And so that's why I liked it is because, you know, back in 2016 or whenever I discovered it is because I was like, we need a coin with tail emission. And so because I'm an engineer, I knew that that was required for a stable currency is tail emission. Uh, for those that don't understand what that means. Tail emission means that there's after a certain point in the cryptocurrency's life, every single time a block is mined. So every, in the case of Dogecoin, every minute there's right now, there's 10,000 new Dogecoin coming into circulation every minute forever. So lots of people are like, oh, that's horrible because that's going to reduce the price of Dogecoin and our Dogecoin will be worth less. Mm, slightly, yeah, but the point is, is then new people can come and mine, you know, and so somebody can mine right now and they could start mining and they could start making coins, you know, so it just, it's a healthy thing to keep it available for people to continually be, um, you know, to be able to, to, number one, it keeps the price more consistent. So Bitcoin every four years there's a halving so there's half as many bitcoin are mined now and then four years from now there's gonna be half as many bitcoin mined and then four years there's gonna be another half as many bitcoin mined. so every time there's a halving the price spikes and everybody likes that everybody likes the price spiking but it makes it so that the later the later adopters get left out basically the early adopters are getting rich on the back of the later adopters but with dogecoin it's more fair it's everybody kind of has an equal shot you know, you can get in now, the price is going to rise. You can get in later, the price is going to rise. Um, and it's kind of a more, it's just a more healthy ecosystem that there's constantly coins being put out there instead of like a supply crunch all the time. Okay. But I guess I'm not by any means a financial and, wizard. And so what I wanted to say about that is that I'm an engineer. I knew that that was a good design. Elon Musk is an engineer. Elon Musk knows that's a good design. That's why he supports it is because he knows that it's a, it's a viable financial economic supply. So that's why he supports it. And since he supports it, he pumps a bunch of money into it. He gets other people to pump a bunch of money into it and it will go up. It will go up even though it seems like it won't because there's this infinite supply it will go up because just right now there's a 4% inflation rate on Dogecoin. So if there's more than 4% more people buying it this year compared to next year, the price is going to go up just as long as you have more, okay, more extra interest on top of the inflation rate. I guess for people like myself that follow financial news a little bit, but not really as into it, and, and I don't claim to be somebody that understands even the stock market to the full degree that maybe some might. But wouldn't you say that even, what do you say to those people that think that the more production of coins mm -hmm. lessens the value? It does okay. a little bit. You know, it's, it's a 4% inflation. So, you know, like the dollar right now is a 2% inflation. Right, so there's 2% more dollars. It's probably more than that right now because of COVID and the $1.9 trillion or whatever. But um, so yeah, just every currency has a little bit of inflation. So what that means is it incentivizes people to spend it because you know that maybe it's gonna be worth a little bit less next year, so I might as well spend it now. 
you know, but with Bitcoin, everybody's like, I have to hodl it because it's going to go to infinity, you know, and like they don't want to ever spend it. You know, so that's not healthy. So you want people to spend it. And in this case right now, Dogecoin is going to go up. And the reason why is because Elon Musk is going to pump money into it. And he's basically made it clear he's going to and he already has. That's the reason I spiked so much. You know, it's not because he tweets so everybody else buys it. It's that he tweets and he buys it. He tweets as he's buying it. <laughs> so, so, so yeah. again, that knowing Nature Hacker and knowing this, this is why I invested more recently in Dogecoin because it didn't seem as risky. And even if it doesn't go up to the degree that we're hoping, it's still going to go up in some aspects. Yeah. So I can use, yeah. if I want to use cash out and use that money to maybe pay off debt or bills or whatever, which is what I intend to do with it regardless. And it's been stable, right? Yeah. Now. It's been stable. That I, I don't think it's as risky as if I would have put that money into the stock market. Because yeah. I mean, besides Bitcoin, I mean, Bitcoin is risky because it will crash. The price will crash because this is what we have. This four year cycles lead to a boom in price and a crash in price. It's, it's pretty much clockwork. So Bitcoin will crash. Dogecoin, you know, usually other coins will follow Bitcoin. So Dogecoin might crash as Bitcoin crashes as well. But knowing Elon Musk and kind of understanding what he's doing behind the scenes, I don't think Dogecoin's going to crash. And I think, I think right now, Elon Musk has probably 50 billion or more dollars worth of Bitcoin right now. And I think he's, he's telling, he's basically telling people, he's hinting it's going to a dollar. Dogecoin's going to a dollar. So what Elon Musk could do to make that happen is he sells, he trades his Bitcoin for Dodge. If he has $50 billion worth of Bitcoin, he trades it for Dogecoin. Dogecoin is going to go crazy, you know, so he can just do it slowly too. Like I think right now he's buying and selling Bitcoin right now. You see these big spikes and these big drops. I think a lot of that's probably Elon Musk. Okay, so, so I guess that's a good segue. So Elon Musk's wife Grimes yes. is heavily in kind of the art scene. Not specifically music, but not specifically not music, but she's she's been heavily in the art scene apparently this whole time. That's kind of how they met, apparently. I don't know their love story. But she's heavily one of the reasons why this underground thing called NFTs, none And again, seems like it's her. Whatever. Probably Elon Musk. <laughs> Point is, she's yeah. connected to Elon yeah. Musk. They're married, yeah, they have yeah, a yeah. kid. Right. Uh, and NFTs have ex apparently existed for quite some time, but they've kind mm -hmm. of been this like indie underground thing that nobody's really talked about until recently. Right. In the last six to, I guess, year, six months to a year. Uh, but recently, Grimes. Uh, created some NFTs. Now explain what NFTs are. They're non-fungible Token. tokens. Mm -hmm. So non-fungible, what that means is that they're not tradable one for one. So if you have one Bitcoin, my one Bitcoin is the same as your one Bitcoin. There's no difference. But with NFTs, every single coin is different. You know, so you can't just trade. I want to trade my coin for your coin. It's like, well, my coin's different. My coin's worth more than your coin. So I can't really trade you for it one to one. Okay, so what I'm getting at is it's blowing up in the music scene. And this is why I want to talk about it on this podcast, because obviously people that have listened to this podcast or will listen to this podcast know that music is pretty much the number one 
thing talked about on this podcast, right? Because mm-hmm. they know me. Um, and I like to learn from people in the industry, as announced before. But I figure your expertise in knowing how crypto is and mm-hmm. how NFT is connected and why mm-hmm. there's been grinds is just because of an NFT got signed to Columbia Records, I believe. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. And then Mike Shinoda from the band Lincoln Park released re-released an album of his recently and made him a lot of money and a few other. And there's been some articles in Rolling Stone and Billboard about how the music industry right now in this transition between touring being shut down because of COVID and the yeah, returning of that, that they're decided, hey, let's make this exclusive. I'm going to re-release yeah. music or or an album. And it's yeah. making them a ton of and money. They don't. It's it's free money. It's look. You can look at an NFT as a donation. Like you go on Twitch and people are donating artists left and right. An NFT is like it's a way to donate for an artist and get kind of like a a, a keepsake from the artist. Okay. That's what you can think of it as an NFT. Well, long story short, again, one of the early guests of this podcast, Marcus Schultz, who's in trance music and dance music, his camp has now released. NFTs recently on this app called Sweet. Um, I decided to uh, be one of the because it's this limited time free giveaway of his recent music from his recent album Escape. I now have one of those tokens on this app. Um, one of the like few that you can get. So, I guess my question about NFTs and how I, I kind of think this whole idea is really cool, but. And I like that some artists are able to monetize it, but the ones that are monetizing it are kind of are the ones that are very established in the industry already. And they yeah. have some money to put in to make this type of thing right. work within the apps. Cause yeah. uh, specifically sweet when he released his NFTs like a month ago, they made him the top, they had an article on the app and mm. made him one of the top featured collections of yeah. nfts anybody can make an nft of anything but it's only going to be worth something if people know who you are <laughs> right you know, like and that's what i'm getting NFTs back at is like people know who grimes is because yeah. she has a huge following obviously right. she's married to elon musk and mike shinoda it's a known. way to get the artist's attention too it's like if i buy their nft then they're gonna be thanking me and stuff you know so it's a way to get the artist's attention i guess okay so for those that are watching and listening what is or maybe they have a question um i guess my my main question about NFTs is the longevity of, of basically, do you think this is going to continue in the popularity and work in the music industry and art, art communities? Cause it's all probably going to tie into Broadway coming back. Cause they're trying to make Broadway shows and theater come back. And, and absolutely i think we're in a giving economy and everything's going to keep going more to giving so you look at twitch everybody's just donating you don't have to pay the artist but they do anyway you know it's the same with an nft it's like you're donating to the artist and you get something in return something you can hold on to something you can trade something you can show your friends so that's what's really cool about it is it's it's part of that giving economy where you don't have to buy it but if you do it's supporting the artist and you get something to hold on to to remember you know digitally it's not like you don't get something but you get like a little digital picture in your wallet or whatever in your phone app or whatever so and you can trade it you know and it can trace back to the artist another unique thing is talk about the the copyright situation so the art community specifically music has been in this kind of war against 
the streaming, the, the more popularity, um, not to bring the mood down for anybody that will watch this on Twitch, but Twitch has been dealing with DMCA. Obviously that's been an issue on YouTube. What that means for those that don't know, it's, it's when a record company or an artist basically flags for copyright reasons, for music publishing rights, which again, I'm going to go into depth next week on the podcast about this, but what's cool about NFTs is that there's some sort of good positive thing about the copyright in terms of these, the, these videos, these songs, these, this art created as an NFT that allows the creator to own it, but also it's, it's not that like it one use kind of situation, right? Yeah, I mean, we might see some issues with copyright if somebody is selling an NFT of something they don't own. That might, like if I sell an NFT, of, let's say I take a picture of the Mona Lisa and I sell that NFT, I might come against some copyright. There's That's a possibility. But if I'm the one who painted it, and I sell an NFT of that, there's no, there's no uh, problem with that. So there's no risk there. Um, so there are people selling NFTs that they didn't make the art for. And right now that's okay because blockchain is just like anything goes, but somebody could sue, you know, like somebody sued for somebody making a, a coin uh, back in the ICO days. We can talk about ICOs if you want, but Coinye, they made something called Coinye. Kanye sued them because it was like it infringed on his copyright or whatever. And technically the person didn't have to abide by that, except for he sold the coins. Like if he, if it was just like Bitcoin where everybody mines it and it's free to get Bitcoin, it's free to get Bitcoin. You can mine it for free. I mean, it costs you money to mine it, but anybody can get Bitcoin. If he did that with Coinye, he wouldn't have been able to be sued. But since he sold the coins initially, he sold some of them or something. He, he uh, did a pre-mine or something, he sold them. Then, you know, he fought the copyright issues and had to give up the coin. So there is going to be probably things like that with NFTs, but as long as it's the artist who made it, who's selling it, it's fine. And another thing with NFT is, let's say I make a drawing and I sell the NFT of that. I still own the copyright of the drawing. So I'm still the only one who can reproduce and distribute the drawing. Um, so there's that. But uh, there's also a lot of people, NFTs who are saying, I'm also going to sell the copyright with it. So when you buy the NFT, you're the only one, the purchaser of the NFT is the only one who can make copies and sell pictures of it and yada, yada. Okay. So there's a couple of ways that people are doing it. So just like anything that may be addressed down the road, but I think this idea of NFTs is great for artists and obviously music. I agree. But if you think about it, if in the art community for, for those that are photographers, painters, um, anything related, this is a great way for them to kind of rebrand and make their art unique again, uh, other than just like, obviously those, anybody that's in that type of art world, like there's a show on Netflix called Blown Away, which talks about blown glass world. Mm -hmm. And the winner of those, it's a, it's a reality show on Netflix. The winner of that, they've had two seasons of it. They get a, um, gallery in like the Corning where I don't know Corning School of Glass or something like that this prestigious place in the in the country for blown glass they get money for that 
So like stuff like that. Yeah. It's very niche, very cool, but you, there's not a lot of money in it unless you right. are an art connoisseur yeah, and yeah. they're in galleries. Yeah, but I think this great. NFT is like the the new digital gallery. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's going to turn into like a special event thing. Like, hey, I'm launching this album. There's going to be one NFT of the whole album. There's going to be 20 NFTs of this piece of artwork. That So it kind of it's like a way to drum up hype for something. Like okay. I say, they launch an album, they drop some Emma NFTs and they make more money from it too. Or they could do, I haven't seen this yet. They should be doing NFTs for charity. It should be like, we're going to do this NFT. I just created this art and all the proceeds are going to charity. You know, like we, I mean, I'm sure that, it will come and be coming soon yeah. because, and with Marcus Schultz, he did it free. He gave away free NFTs. That's also a big thing that you're going to see. And it's, you can use it as promotion. Why not? Instead of buying a sponsored post on Facebook, why not launch a bunch of free NFTs? It's free to launch the NFTs. It costs money to sponsor posts on Facebook. So it's a better way to advertise, really. Okay, so we were kind of talking about this off air. The app that I mentioned, Sweet. I'm sure there's more than one app, but this is the one app that um, I got the NFT from Mark Schultz for. And there's other like other bands on there that I'm actually surprised to see other bands and artists. There was Pentatonix, who's a very well-known acapella group. They won the Sing Off, like the first season or second season. Huge uh, for the world of acapella. And relates to this podcast because I've had guests and members from Straight No Chaser, who's a very well-known acapella group. They need to get on this app and uh, and do an yeah. NFT, yeah. especially in this lull of not touring. Um, that a lot of really at this point, you don't even have to sell an NFT. You can just create it. It's really easy to create. You anybody can create an NFT very easily. So right now, what artists like what Elon Musk did is he's like, I just created this NFT, a song about NFTs, right? Yeah. He didn't immediately sell it. You don't have to sell it, but what you do have to do is announce it. You need to let, not let people know this is an NFT. So later on, you can sell it. And you'd be like, hey, remember that NFT? It's for sale now. You know, but if you just keep it secret, then it's, then it's, not a, it's nothing. You have to at least announce it. You don't have to sell it right away. Okay. So that was a big dump of information for those that are watching, uh, watching or listening to this episode. Uh, so I guess to kind of recap, it's all kind of in a positive light in terms of financial and also content creating artists going forth. And it's, it's interesting how they're both related now. It's part of a, it's a crypto to be in an NFT. Yeah. And look, you could, people say the same things like, well, Bitcoin's nothing. There's nothing there. It's the same with an NFT. There's really nothing there. You can get that picture. I can get a picture. I can download Elon Musk's song. I don't have to pay $100 million for it. But yes, there's nothing there. But again, this is the giving economy. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to give money to artists. People want to donate to artists to get the artist's attention. People in New Kids or NSYNC, they'll go give $10,000 a week. <laughs> boy, boy band yeah. And it's just, it's... It's a way to command the artist's attention, like, hey, I'm somebody, you know, and they're like, oh, yeah, thank you. And, you know, and so it's this giving economy of everybody's giving. And if you get something back, that's kind of cool. People like that, you know. So, yeah, it's nothing. It's nothing. Bitcoin's nothing. None of it's anything. But, yeah, awesome. that's where we're at. <laughs> okay. Awesome. So well, I'm going to have Nature Hacker back probably again. He's been on the podcast twice before this. Check it out. Uh, find it in the 
the, the archives of this podcast. For those that are listening, you don't see this on the screen, uh, go to naturevault.org. That's Nature Hackers' like encyclopedia of research <laughs> and knowledge yes. that um, he actually writes himself. Uh, and it, I mean, it's like it's, it's like wiki. Wikipedia, yeah, it's a wiki, you but can better. Edit it, yeah. You can add stuff, whatever. Um, so definitely check out naturevault.org. He also has a uh, organic teeth powder, which is basically a toothpaste alternative. If you go to teethpowder.com, correct? Yes. Teeth, T-E-E-F-P-O-W-D-E-R, teethpowder.com. Uh, check out and order. There's also, intent. there's also free stuff on there. Yeah, it's free. <laughs> you can, if you go to the... If you're having issues with your teeth yeah. and you want to you get rid, find it on there. you can go to teethpowder.org, or dot com. .com, sorry. Uh, and also Teeth Powder on Twitter yeah. to find out more. Teeth Powder. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you to everybody that will listen to this episode and who's watching this and who will watch this on the replay. And we'll see you the next couple of weeks for another episode of Trending Topics with BB. Thank you.